Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Swimming in the Stream. I'm here with Marcy. Hello. And we have uh, more Netflix news for you. A um, Netflix has responded uh, to the British government calling for a disclaimer to be put in front of the crown, uh, saying that it is a work of fiction. Um, Netflix has basically come out and said uh, there is no need uh, to warn the viewers that the crown is a fictional drama that it has no plans to add a disclaimer to the popular series despite mounting pressure from the f British officials and other critics who say that the dramatization of historical event is misleading and is harming the reputation of the monarchy. And they said that uh, we have always presented the crown as a drama and we have every confidence our members understand is a work of fiction that's broadly based on historical events. Um, and that's what they said in their Netflix statement when they came out. Um, as a result, we have no plans and see no need to add a disclaimer. So basically all the stuff that the UK government was saying um, that they need to put a disclaimer because it might be tricking people into thinking these are real life events. Netflix says people aren't that stupid. And I agree. What do you think, Marcy? I agree, too. I mean, like, we already talked about this in one of our uh, previous uh, chats, um, whether they should even have to put a disclaimer, because it's sort of undermining the intelligence of the, the public. But, you know, I thought that, you know, they don't necessarily have to, but, like, just to, you know, make them feel a little bit better, just say it's based on true events. Well, yeah, but like I was saying before that I might be giving uh, people too much credit and, you know, how I think majority of people are kind of dumb and they just believe what they want to believe w without looking into the facts, especially with shows yeah. and stuff like that. But I agree with Netflix. There is no need to put any type of disclaimer on the show because I, I trust that these people know that this is not how it actually went or they would have probably put out in front of the show like um, this is how the true events went down, like a documentary style, but this is obviously yeah. not. I mean, yeah, I, I see where they're coming from. I, I don't think it's going to be such a big deal, but, you know, I don't know. People are people. <laughs> true. Now, since Netflix came out and said this, I wonder if there's going to be any, like, legal or um, sanctioned Ooh, or government, yeah, government type blowback or legal blowback onto Netflix from the UK government somehow, yeah. or from the, um, from the monarchy itself, maybe, I don't know that I guess they could, if they wanted to, they got money to do yeah, it. They, definitely could. they could sue or do something. I, I just don't see that there's a big need for this to go down unless the, yeah to get out of hand like that unless the government is going to be super protective or the monarchy is going to be super protective of their brand just like ban netflix in the uk i don't think they're going to ban netflix netflix makes too much money <laughs> so not ban netflix but like try to sue them into making put the disclaimer on there basically i can see that maybe or like they try to ban the show so yeah. they don't ban netflix but they try to ban the show and i don't know how that works but oh, yeah, yeah, yeah so like you know how like some shows and movies are available in certain countries, but they're not in others. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Mm -hmm. On Netflix, so they could try yeah, to do that. Yeah, they're probably just going to do that and just like have them take it off completely. So yeah, so there there could be some blowback, but I don't see them trying to escalate it to that far. But I mean, it's the UK, it's the monarchy. You know, it's branding, so maybe they try they're to protect. Yeah, well, maybe they try to protect the brand of the monarchy. So 
All right, while we're on the topic of Netflix, I wanted to talk about the article I found about um, the Black Mirror creator has is making a death to 2020 mockumentary for Netflix. Um, and it has like Samuel Jackson and other like stars in it. I think this is uh, freaking fantastic. Huge actors. Yeah, um, I think this is hilarious. Um, they got the teaser that dropped today. Um, it looks like it. it's probably going to be a, a bunch of fun and just mocking how bad 2020 was and gives everybody a little bit of joy um, from these dark times. As of, like, the, we like wind down the year. Yeah. And give everybody like some laughter from the dark times of 2020, especially coming from the creator of Black Mirror. So, you you know, uh, it has to be bad when he has to make a mockumentary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I want to say that it's going to remind me of, like, South Park, maybe. Because, like, South Park made, um, you know, their pandemic special. And I really enjoyed that. I have not watched that yet. I have to go see, go watch that. I don't watch South Park, but I'll go. I watch, like, certain episodes. But Yeah, I don't really watch South Park all that often either. But, you know, it came on after the debates. So it's like, oh, why not? Yep. So it also says in the article that Hugh Grant reveals that the project is a mockumentary in which he plays a repellent historian being interviewed about this year uh, per the deadline. So it basically seemed like it's going to like he's going to be like a, a, a historian that's going to like, oh, tell the tales of 2020, basically. Mm-hmm. It seems like and then Ooh, like that'll be fun. Like, it's the past. I mean, no, 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 not the past, but the future sort of talking about, like, on Discovery Channel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, how you uh, talk about, like, the ancient Romans, and they walk around the city, and they're talking about, like, how life was. Like, Pompeii. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically, that's what it seems like it's going to be, and it's going to, like, have different people playing different, I guess, characters or whatever. And they're just going to go through how terrible 2021 uh, 2020 was and, like, I guess make fun of it, basically. I think this is a cool oh idea. Gosh. As a uh, history buff, that is genius. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. Yeah, this sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun, especially from the creator of Black Mirror. He makes good stuff. So I'm excited to see this whenever it comes out, maybe sometime next year, I guess. All right. So but that is all of our Netflix news. Hulu news to discuss with y'all. So our article that we have here is Hulu series on opioid addiction set to film in Roanoke, Central Virginia. So the show is going to be called uh, Dope Stick as of right now. And it has Michael Keaton, Peter Skarsgård, Rosario Dawson, and Caitlin Diver Diver, um, on the show so far. And I think this is a great cast that they have here. What do you think? Um, I don't really know too much about these people. Not not gonna lie. Oh, uh, I have seen <laughs> uh, Rosario well, it, Dawson's name before. Oh well, yeah, so yeah, I, I'm pretty sure you've seen at least three out of you've seen Michael Keaton before. You've seen Pierce Skarsgård before, and I'm pretty sure you've seen Rosario Dawson before. Yeah, but these are these are uh, pretty big uh, actors and actresses. So, mm-hmm. um. I say the cast is good. Um, they're gonna get a, do a good performance. But the show Dope Stick is about the. It's an eight episode limited series about the um, dealers, doctors, and drug companies 
that addicted America and it's all about the opioid crisis that has gripped America. And I think this show is going to be quite compelling. What do I you think? think so too. Um, and I'm really happy that they're making a show like this to like, it's like a social commentary. Yeah, basically. And I wonder how the show is going to go. Like um, families and communities. I wonder if it's going to show like different people and like how it's affecting them on the small scale scale all the way up to the big scale of the companies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, definitely excited about it. I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I'm going to tune in, but I think I'll try. Oh, uh, it's going to be too, too heart wrenching for you. Um, no, not heart wrenching. Um, it sounds like it's, it's going to be a heart wrenching show. Well, I, I believe it, <laughs> but it's something that like is talked about so much, like mm-hmm. at college or in like your college classes involving yep. medicine, um, and like public health, that you kind of already know this information. But if you want to get like more stories from like firsthand accounts, or like. Uh, is this a like dramatization? Because it seems like it is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be a dramatization. Yeah, but it really puts things into perspective and sort of takes the facts and humanizes them. Yep. Mm-hmm. You're putting a, a face to the stories that you hear of um, drug companies just taking advantage of being nefarious. Of yeah. Yep. Drug companies being nefarious, the the doctors trying to help these people, or the doctors being nefarious as well because mm-hmm. they're pumping these opioids to the people. So it's just going to be interesting to see how this show turns in terms of like, uh, who's playing what characters and what what are they really going to cover? Yeah, you know, because it it is a big impact on America the opioid crisis, and that's why these big pharmaceutical companies have been getting sued left and right. because they've been doing this on purpose basically yeah but it's so hard for like i'm not going to get into politics but it's just really hard um for america dealing with big businesses like this because our Mm -hmm. country sort of operates off of big businesses yeah Mm -hmm. yep it's great that it's going to be in uh central virginia and they're going to get uh some tax breaks on it so that's exciting that they got a good location and whatnot yeah that's really so hopefully uh Hopefully it turns out well. Um, and I hope the show does well because it's, it could be one of those situations where it's too close to home and people just don't watch it because 2020 has just been a terrible year, even oh, though the show yeah. is going to probably come out in 2021 sometime, possibly. Uh-huh. So, so people might just like steer clear of it clear and want to watch yeah. something that's more happy. Uplifting or something. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> like this, this year has been a, a doozy, a trip. Yeah. Maybe 2021 is better and then we are appetites are wet for something like this but i don't know it could be uh either way so i wanted to talk about as while we're talking about hulu a new movie has come out for hulu called the uh, happiest season that has a uh, kristen stewart in it and i just wanted to cover like it is doing pretty well on the uh, tomato meter on rotten tomatoes is a certified fresh at an 84 on a tomato meter for critics and at an 84 for a bucket of popcorn for the audience it is a good book of popcorn um so marcy do you think you'll be possibly interested in watching this movie after it's getting pretty good ratings on rotten tomatoes anyway so 
I'm always open to watching like new Christmas movies mm-hmm. or holiday films. <laughs> yep. To be more general. <laughs> yep, I agree. Um, I might try to give this a try. Uh, it's not. It's an hour and forty-two minutes, so it's almost two hours. So. Yeah. Uh, like I just have- watched um the Princess Switch two on Netflix. And oh, nice. So, yeah. And so, like, you know, I'm just open to whatever. As long yeah. as it's good. <laughs> so, it looks like it's a good movie. I just wanted to put that out there that this movie is seems like it's doing pretty well in terms of uh, critics and audience. Um, so, yeah, I probably will check it out at some point, hopefully. Um, what is the rating for this movie? It is rated PG-13. So, I'm guessing you can watch it with some family members as well. It's not... A rated R movie. So. Yeah, it's not too bad. Yep, it's not too bad. But that will bring all of our Hulu stuff to an end. And we have some new images of Starfire uh, costume for season three of Titans. And let's just talk about these pictures because I think the progression of Starfire's look throughout season one, two, and three have been uh, very interesting. Agreed. To say the least. Um, so how do you... We're going to talk about first. How do you like the new look for season three uh starfires look season three uh which is the new one that came out or is coming out it's coming out it's not out yet so my thoughts on it you haven't watched the show yet right you haven't watched the show yet right i haven't i've seen like one episode that's it okay okay so you this is perspective of someone who hasn't watched the show and i've watched the show so this is someone I, there's another perspective that i have that i've watched the show so what, what do you think of the season three costume okay. so my thoughts on it i think it's really cool it's super sci-fi space adventures like kick butt it looks great um i think that they went mm-hmm. for a darker wig more like sort of natural yeah and they may and it seems like there might maybe in like post-production change her hair maybe purple when she goes starfire mode maybe mm-hmm. that would be really or pink cool. or whatever like that that fluorescent uh purpley pink yeah and they might do like the tips of tip of her hair because they did a image of like her normal as the person in the suit and then they have like a um concept art image of her in the suit and her hair is like like purpley or pink on, on the ends so they might like cgi yeah. that it seems like well, yeah, that seems pretty cool. So um, I would say season three looks um, it looks much better than season one and two, in my opinion. Um, the only problem I have with it, I think it's, it looks good. But the only problem I have with it, it looks a little busy. And for my taste, you know, because it has all these crackly lines going all uh-huh, through it. And, accents, you know, the green gems. Well, no, no, I'm I'm fine with the gold accents and the green gems. It's just the 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 crackly lines that are going everywhere. It makes you know it draws my eyes away from the main parts of the suit, uh-huh. basically. And that's the problem I had with the um the movie Flash suit. He had too many like wires and things going all around his suit. And I was like, what am I supposed to be paying attention to? Mm-hmm. That that's my only problem. It looks a little busy in my taste. If they took away all the crackly lines and cracks like in the, the suit vines. or whatever those are they kind of look like vines or yeah veins. like yeah like the vine veins or cracks or whatever if they took those away i think the suit would look better in my opinion because all the elements are more defined because you have you know negative space for them to pop out mm-hmm. more you know 
Yeah, I see what you're saying. But I think this suit looks better. As in terms of a superhero suit, I think this suit looks better than season one and two's because if we look back at season one and compare it to season three, season one's oh thing, yeah, it's it night trash. and day. It's night and day. This season one outfit for Starfire is trash. Granted, it has to go through story. It plays right? into yeah, it played into the story of she lost a memory and she was working for this guy as a certain type of woman and. She basically, like, almost immediately got out of that job by finding her powers or whatever. But anyway, her suit still sucked. <laughs> and the wig sucked. And I did not like her look in season one, period. Uh-huh. Um, do, so, did you do you like this look of season one, okay, Starfire? So, at all? this season one was the one that, that one episode that I saw. And when I saw no. this character, I was like, who is that? That's that's not Starfire, is it? Like I understand that the hair color like matches, but I'm like, what is that? That freaky thing. Exactly. Uh, nice. Uh, but yeah, it, it Yeah. It and so I was just like, the wig is bad, the the color. I'm not mad at the color because it's like, you know, it's Starfire. Um Yeah. The the dress, yeah, it's smexy. No. Yeah, Maxi I guess. But it's not like but superhero, it, it, you know? No. I mean, I granted she wasn't a superhero at this point, but still, they I think they could have gave her a better looking dress or something. Yeah. No, this, this whole outfit screams, I'm owned by a pimp. Yeah, I mean, that's granted that goes into the story, but I feel like they could have gave her a sexy. If they wanted to go that route, they I feel like they could have gave her a sexier outfit. Like a outfit. more sophisticated sexy or just like, because this is more uh... so hooker. Yeah, but I feel like there's sexier versions that they could have kind of went with. Even the Starfire that's like drawn on the page has sexier outfits than this. Mm-hmm. This just looks bad in my opinion. Got you. But okay, so we're past season one Starfire. Now season two Starfire. So what do you think about season two Starfire compared uh, look? Okay, so I actually like what they did with the hair. I mean, like, it's yes, straight. Yes, I do, too. Because, they toned yeah, it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they toned it down <laughs> from the first season. Like, I actually liked the curly hair. Uh, not the wig itself. Like, they could have found a different wig. Because <laughs> yeah, um, there's this, like, TikToker that I've seen, like, some of her videos, and she cosplays a Starfire, and she has this big, voluminous, uh, pink, uh, curly wig you know, because she cosplays Starfire and like she looked really mm-hmm. good. And I'm just like, if this TikToker was able to do a cosplay of Starfire better than the actual character in the show, I feel like that's yeah. a problem. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's a problem. That is a major problem. Now, I don't mind the wig if it is a wig uh, being straight. Um, I like the color. They definitely turned it down. Um, I love the top and the the green uh, and gold necklace. Um, I don't really know what the bottom of the outfit looks like, but just the top, I'm I'm really happy with it already. It's it's giving me yeah. It, it's it gives me the, kick butt vibes. Yeah, this this whole outfit was much better than season one's outfit by far. She she looks like she's ready to do so, business. Yeah, she she looks like I'm 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 on the street level. And I'm more down to earth than whatever that was in season one, yeah. basically. 
I'm I'm more real. <laughs> but so compared to season uh two, since we're saying season two is better than season one, how do you like it compared to season threes? I guess. Um. Which one? Which one would you prefer? Would you prefer her to be this more subtle look of season two, or this more like superhero pop out at you season three's look? Okay, so. My thoughts so far. <laughs> yeah, so far. Because I'm pretty sure it plays into her story in season three, but we're not going mean, to take I that like into factor. I season three because it's super like space adventure. Yeah, that's yeah. what it looks like. Yeah. Um, compared to season two, season two is more of like what I would have actually expected Starfire to wear, um, you know, instead of season one's look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, you know, keeping in I mind agree. the story. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like, even this is a bit sexy to me. It just looks better. It does. Like, it does. <laughs> clearly, and then I do like. So, do you like how they poofed her hair out again? In, Instead of uh, season two, her season hair three? is more straight. Yes. I, yeah, in season yes, three, they I poofed think her hair. This out. is more of like a wavy texture, but I still yeah, like yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's really nice. Um. Yeah, so it seems like they're taking elements of one and still kind of putting it into three. Because I do think I like her like wavy, more poofy hair compared to season two, where she has like the straight hair. Yep, I agree. And her concept concept art, she has more straight and like straight hair, like season two. But I'm guessing they're not going to do that, and they're going to probably like CGI her tips or uh-huh. something like that, pink when she goes full Starfire power. Which I think- I wonder if she's going to fly this season, too. I'm guessing she's going to fly this season as well. But, um, yeah. That is the end of our uh, Starfire costume discussion. (laughs) (laughs) The long discussion. (laughs) Yeah, because, I mean, they already revealed the suit for uh, Jason Todd as Red Hood, and he looks pretty Uh good. So far, the costumes I've seen for Titan Season 3 have looked good. I'm not upset because I think they have a, uh, we might talk about it, but a costume for Nightwing in season three of Titans Ooh. 2. And that looks good to me too. But uh, uh, yeah, we could talk about Nightwing probably next time because um, I think there is a suit. I just got to look for it. Uh, but yeah, I'm pretty, I'm liking all the costumes so far. I got to look up what Raven looks like because. Oh, yeah. Wasn't Raven shit. like um, a teenager? Like she just looks like a moody teen. Yeah, season one, she looked like a moody teen. Uh, Which, I think there's season nothing two, she looked pretty that. much like, the I same. love moody stuff. Yeah, I wonder how Beast Boy's going to look, because that would be interesting. I'm pretty sure he's not going to be that different, because he always has to rip his clothes apart to transform. Uh-huh. Even though, I'm guessing he they're going to try to give him some type of clothes that can transform with him, maybe? I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do that. But um, that, that ends our uh, DC costume discussion for titan season three for starfire and we have a amazon prime video article about vikings the final 10 episodes are going to premiere first on amazon prime video when normally they've just been airing on history channel cool cool and the history channel episodes aren't going to come out until 2021 but the 10 episodes are going to drop on Amazon Prime Video on December 30th of this year. And I'm like, that's very interesting. Are they trying to say that Amazon might 
you know, pick up Vikings or something like that? Like, is this a, a thing, a test type thing to see if people really like Vikings on, uh, or will they come over to Amazon prime video because, um, they might, you know, pick up and kind of continue Vikings on Amazon, you know, mm-hmm. it could be a thing. Vikings is pretty big. It has six seasons. Yeah. I really want to watch it. Yeah. I, I got to get around to watching it too. But, uh, so, so what do you think? Do you think that this might be a plan to try to see if people want to watch it on Amazon prime video? I think you know, so. and see the numbers, yeah. So they can pick. So Amazon Prime Video could pick it up, basically. I think so. And like maybe spin the show off if they're not going to do this the main storyline in Vikings. I guess. Mm-hmm. I think that might uh, be the case. I think so too. What would be the reason why they would wait until twenty twenty one to show the show on History Channel? I don't know. Like, I'm I, I think the reason why they might be doing this. Um, aside from, you know, just testing the waters, um, is because everything is moving to streaming services and online and whatnot. And I'm not sure if the History Channel has, a, like, a partnership or anything with a streaming service. So I think putting it on Amazon Prime Video is just sort of, like, testing that to see if, like, anybody will go out of their way to do that instead of just catching it on television. Yeah, and it also says in the article that History Channel said that they're moving away from uh, long scripted shows and now they're going to try to focus on more like miniseries, limited series, it says, type shows. Uh Because basically after everybody saw the success of like Walking Dead and stuff like that, History Channel and and all these other networks and like Nat Geo and stuff like that. They tried to make like these scripted long series shows, you know. Uh-huh. And most of them have already died. Uh I think Vikings is one of the last and longest running ones from like History Channel and these other like networks. Oh, well that sucks. Yeah, it does suck, but um what you gonna do and hopefully maybe maybe amazon picks it up and like spins it off uh-huh. if uh if you're a vikings fan because I, I guess this is a good time now to like freaking watch all season one two three four all the way to binge it uh, five <laughs> and just binge it and then watch the last 10 episodes it's coming out december 30, 30th this is the perfect time to do that mm-hmm. almost about the time to say goodbye to vikings and probably a good time to uh get into vikings and binge it right <laughs> Because it's all out now, and I wonder what um ne- what's History Channel's next flagship show is going to be if they're going to go limited series now, because Vikings was their flagship show. Whenever you talked about like History Channel, people usually talk about, oh my gosh, did you watch Vikings? You know, type thing, like the Game of Thrones type. Yeah, it's like that HBO Game of Thrones type era where it's like, oh, you're talking about HBO? Did you watch Game of Thrones? Type thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, it's going to be interesting. But um, did you have any other thoughts about Vikings? Uh, no, not really. I just really need to take the time to go ahead and watch it. Because um, I did watch a few episodes of the first season um, when it came out. And I was like, oh, wow, this is really good. <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing. And then I never, I like just fell off yeah. for some reason. I got to stick to it. It's like, I know um, I used to have like direct TV, but... I don't remember if like I if something happened to the History Channel or if I just like stopped 
going to it. <laughs> you might as well stopped going to it like I did. Um, cause like every time I would turn to like the History Channel, it would just be like alien stuff on there. Yeah, that's what they do a lot of that stuff now. But Vikings was like the shining gold, the shining golden show, you know? <laughs> yeah, the golden child in the midst of all these other thing, other other childs that are just trying to do these weird things that are just crazy but anyway that's the end of our uh, vikings discussion um for amazon prime video so catch it on december 30th for the last 10 episodes of amazon prime video don't be looking to history channel because that's not going to come until 2021 and we have some cbs all access news for y'all um so the article i found is that uh army hammer is starring in paramount plus godfather uh the new series so if y'all don't know um uh, I just found that out and to clarify that CBS All Access will become Paramount Plus in the future. And it will when it becomes Paramount Plus in 2021, um, it will have uh, what they say, 30,000 plus episodes and movies will drop on that network. And we'll have stuff from like BET, CBS, Comedy Central, MTV, Nickelodeon, Paramount Pictures and all that good stuff. So basically, when CBS All Access becomes Paramount Plus, it will be getting a a large amount of content to just be in there for everybody to watch. But Army Hammer will be playing um, uh, Al Rudy, and he was a producer on The Godfather. And this is a 10-episode scripted limited event series um, based on him. Um, and the show is going to be called The Offer. Um, do you have any thoughts on this, Marcy? Um, not really. I, I've never seen The Godfather before. Oh, you haven't watched it? I recommend watching it. It is good. I, I did see Goodfellas, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not sure if that, that's close. I mean, it's both with mobsters. So, yeah, you're in that realm. But I do recommend going watching The Godfather. And it would be interesting if there's a... It, it seems like there must be some type of story behind the scenes on how this movie was made. Um, So I'm I'm interested to see it. To see how... Yeah, I hear it's a classic. So, yeah, yeah I should go classic. back and watch it. Yeah, and uh, Army Hammer. I like Army Hammer. I've, I've seen him before. Um, he should be a good fit. So, Marcy, I wanted to ask, are you excited for Paramount Plus? Because now that it's clarified that I found out and that we know that CBS All Access will become Paramount Plus and we'll be having a ton more like shows and movies drop on it, Yeah, I'm really excited about Paramount Plus. Um, I'm not exactly sure. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Yeah, I, I believe it's gonna get like a lot of channels that I used to watch whenever uh, I had cable. Yes, definitely. Because now it's getting like, yeah. uh, like I said before, BET, CBS, Comedy Central, MTV, Nickelodeon is getting the Paramount Picture Movies and many more channels. So yeah, it's not gonna yeah, just be so CBS I'm really stuff. It's like I like HBO, but this this might be a close second. You think you think a uh, close second over Disney Plus? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, but some other original shows that they're coming out with on uh, Paramount Plus is uh, Lioness, the M- MTV's Behind the Music, the Top Forty, the Ooh, Real, MTV. the Real Criminal Minds and the game so yeah uh, yeah so that's so i love criminal minds 
So that's exciting. Yeah, so The Real Criminal Minds, they say, is a true crime docu-series based on the CBS television series and produced by XG Productions in association with CBS Television Studios. So it seems like basically it's going to be like the actual um, people that go and catch these killers and how their lives actually are instead of the dramatized version. The investigators? Yeah, instead of the dramatized version, it will be the uh, real investigators. Now, mm-hmm. I think I'll watch that. I like Criminal Minds, so I'll see how these real investigators go and catch killers, basically. Yeah, I also love um, Investigation Discovery ID. Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll be getting so. to ID a little bit later, too. So. <laughs> yeah, so this, this makes me hype. <laughs> yeah. So this concludes all of our CBS All Access slash Paramount Plus news. Um, if you're excited for Army Hammer or The Godfather, like behind the scenes stuff. So uh, be looking forward to that probably sometime in 2021, 2022, maybe. And we have some Disney Plus news for you. Um, the first thing I was able to find that I think is very, very big is um, for Disney Plus anyway. The Mandalorian becomes first Disney Plus show to make Nelson's streaming top 10 list. Um, so if everybody doesn't know what the like Nelson thing is, is that it's back in the day, Nelson was a, a, a basically a um, service that people signed up for or, or participated in where they would get these like boxes or whatever to hook up to their TV and it will record on what people are watching on what channels. But now Nelson is including streaming stuff. So this is the first Disney Plus property to be on the Nelson streaming top 10 list. And I think that's big because that means that the Mandalorian is just doing phenomenal numbers in terms of a streaming show. And this is what other Disney plus shows to try to live up to, you know? Oh yeah. I, I am not surprised. Honestly, I love the Mandalorian. I've been keeping up with this uh, past season. Well, this, this current season that's going on. Um, I'm not ready for it to end, even though I, I know it's it's coming soon. We only have two episodes left. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm not ready. And then we got to wait a whole year. Uh, we haven't we haven't even talked about the um, the Mandalorian. No, we might do yet. it like at the end. Um, whenever all the Mandalorian has come out, we just do a you know series review. I guess we'll do it at the end. Yeah, a whole a season review. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also include a list of all the, the other rankings for other shows that are in the list for the Nelson, uh, streaming, uh, service, uh, I mean, streaming. So the first one is the Queen's Gambit is at number one for Netflix. Um, the office is number two on Netflix. The Mandalorian is number three from Disney plus Schultz Schultz Creek on Netflix is number four holiday for Netflix is number five, Grey's Anatomy, number six on Netflix, Criminal Minds is number seven on Netflix, NCIS is uh, number eight for Netflix, and The Haunting of Bly Manor is number nine for Netflix, and number 10 is The British, the Great British Baking Show for Netflix. So basically, Netflix, Netflix runs this category of uh top streaming shows basically reigning queen 
So it's literally all Netflix besides Disney plus The Mandalorian. And that just shows you, because Mandalorian is number three on this list, how popular The Mandalorian is. And I'm a Star Wars fan, and it just harkens to when you do Star Wars right, this is what happens. You, you get numbers like this, and you compete against and Netflix. Mandalorian is carrying this Star Wars franchise on its back right now. Not only Star Wars, but it's carrying Disney Plus on its back. The, uh, the Mandalorian, I heard, is, what, five times more popular than the next Disney Plus show? This is it's ridiculous. I mean, it deserves it. The show deserves it. The show is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, the show is absolutely beautiful. The The characters are great. It's just a bunch of fun, man. This is Star Wars done right. But um, hopefully Disney Plus or some other competitors can make some quality shows to compete with Netflix. But some of these are like um, like Grey's Anatomy. Those are just big shows. And Criminal Minds and NCIS. Those are just like reoccurring big shows, basically. Yeah. But it is interesting that The Queen's Gambit is number one because there was another article I saw that I don't have that The Queen's Gambit did like this whole like Netflix effect type thing where um the cells for like um lessons on chess and the um products of like chess boards and pieces and stuff like skyrocketed after the queen's gambit came out mm-hmm. and the people are calling it the netflix effect because it's also something like um what happened with um uh what's that uh suicide show what was it um suicide the 13 wishes no Oh, 13 Reasons Why. Yeah, 13 Reasons Why. That also had a Netflix effect, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Because people, the suicide rate went up or something like that, right? They said after the... the suicide rate went up for that show. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, after yes. watching that show. So, um, it seems like Netflix are making is has so many eyes on it and is making such quality and good shows that it they literally, like, whatever they're good shows are that get popular they're having an effect on normal everyday people even though they shouldn't but you know because it's just a show yes it's just a show and then i guess that also ties back in with the whole um netflix putting a disclaimer on the um the crown because it's just a show but people don't understand that and netflix is like has some type of netflix effect that they're everybody's calling it now on people so I understand where the British government is coming from, but concern, yeah. people shouldn't be that stupid in my opinion. Well, we are in different times now. Yeah, true. Well, so, yeah. a lot of people learn from TV, learn from shows. Yeah, I understand that. Although, you know, I think that it's good that shows bring up uh, a different way of thinking. They bring up a, a notion, an idea but people still need to go out and do their own research. Like, geez, what happened to doing research? Um, well, that's a, a thing that America is losing is critical thinking. And that is what um, is happening. But in terms of the Netflix effect, I think the Queen's Gambit uh, is the right Netflix effect, I guess I can say. Because it's, want, it's making people go out and want to try to learn how to play chess. I don't know how to play chess yeah. myself, but I think this is a, a, a good thing. I've tried to learn how to play chess, but it, there's a lot of mo- moving pieces. <laughs> and it takes a while to get good at it. Yep, it does. It's a very it's a thinking game that you just have to practice, basically. Any other words for The Mandalorian, for Disney Plus, cracking into the Nelson streaming top 10 list? Uh, 
no, not really. But I was going to say that the Queen's Gambit is really popular right now in the the vintage fashion community. It's blowing up. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yep. It's like everyone wants a pinafore. I don't know what that is, but I'm sure it's... (laughs) It's the primary dress that she wears. It's like an overall dress. So you have the skirt on the bottom, but you have like the like straps over your torso. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I I used to have a, a school uniform that was just like it. Yep. So I'm guessing that's another Netflix effect. Yeah, yeah, I'd say it is. <laughs> I mean, uh, Nurse Nurse Ratchet had like sort of that same effect in the vintage fashion community. A lot of people were uh, recreating the hairstyles that Nurse Ratchet wore. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah. All right. Well, like I said before, I think Mandalorian is doing a great job. Uh, Dave Filoni and uh, John Favreau need to keep it up um hopefully we can get more uh well whenever the other star wars stuff drops it's the same quality and we just have a stream of successful star wars stuff that is mainstream and we're we're, star wars is back baby and i'll be so happy um and hopefully other shows from other platforms can reach this level of fandom where they can crack into this uh, top 10 list for the nelson um but other than that we will move on to our next article um that disney plus pays special tribute to chadwick boseman in black panther movie intro now if you haven't heard if you're a marvel fan or uh, just just a regular person chadwick boseman did pass away and um tragically um and disney did pay tribute to him um they redid the intro to black panther to have basically um chadwick boseman like behind the scenes footage and footage throughout the movie play in the intro. And I think this is a, a really good thing. Um, You can go check it out on Twitter or in this article or online somewhere and you can see the intro. And um, I just applaud Disney for doing this. This is a really cool tribute. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, but uh, any other thoughts? I, I've, been meaning to, I've been meaning to go back and watch all the movies that Chadwick Boseman uh start in yeah i, I want to try that too remember his legacy you know yeah because he had good movies he, he really did have good movies i do want to yeah, go back and watch he did get on up. Mm-hmm. and i've yet to see that but i heard it was really good yeah um but uh we'll move on so i just want to move on and we're going to look at the ratings on rotten tomatoes for this disney plus movie godmothered so it's like a um, enchanted. If you, everybody, if anybody remembers Enchanted, where the Disney princess or whatever comes to the real world, it's kind of like that. But this yeah, is like a. I remember that. Yeah, it's like, a, but this is a. That's godmother. one of those forgotten Disney princess movies. Yes, it is. It, I don't remember it being that good. I don't think it was that good, but yes, it is a forgotten film that no that Disney doesn't even pay attention to. I think it was pretty funny though. Yeah, I just I don't remember much from it. Um, I remember the movie. I just don't remember much from it. But Disney doesn't even pay attention to it because I don't think there's like any dolls or anything for that princess. There there are. There are some dolls. Yeah, but they don't put them in like those combo pack of Disney princess dolls or anything. Oh, yeah. Like in a Wreck-It Ralph breaks the Internet. Yeah, she wasn't I even in there. I don't. Yeah, she wasn't there. 
So. They put Brave in there, uh, Merida. Yeah, and she's from Pixar. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so you know that movie gets no love. But yeah, so on Rotten Tomatoes right now, it is a 61 on the tomato meter, and that's for the critics. So it's a solid tomato. Um, but for the audience score, it is at a 72, and that's just a good upstanding bucket of popcorn, I guess. Um, so it seems like the consensus is that it's a okay movie. It, it's good. It's good. It's not bad. It's it's just a good movie, you know. It's not great. It's good. It's good. It's watchable, you know. But uh, do you feel any interest in watching this movie? Um, yeah, I, I suppose so. I saw the trailer. The trailer looks pretty good. Um, I feel like it's it's wholesome. I mean, it's Disney, something you could watch with the kids, with the whole family, have some laughs, mm-hmm. shed some tears. Because I feel like it's, it's going to have something like that in the movie. Yeah. It just seems like one of those movies that's like, it's funny the majority of the time, but it has like some sort of depth to it that makes you want to cry, like middle to the end of the film. Mm-hmm. But it, it's it's really shallow, in my opinion. Yeah. And I also saw a thing on uh, uh, with the Godmother uh, someone said that uh, Disney's Godmother is like the anti-enchanted. <laughs> okay. Because I think they were saying basically that this fairy Godmother has like this Disney persona, and now she has to like try to bring joy to what was it a a single mother in the real world basically. Yeah. So like. And it's hard being a fairy Godmother. Well, the single. The single uh, mother pretty much has to bring the godmother down to earth uh, in our plane of reality, basically. Like, this is not Uh how that works anymore. We don't have magic here. This is the real world type thing, you know? It's not all magical and rainbows and flowers and Disney. (laughs) You gotta pay rent here. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I'm pretty sure that it's still a happy ending, uplifting. It's a Disney holiday movie. Yeah. All right. But that will end all of our Disney Plus news. Yes, I wanted to talk about Hillary Clinton and I believe her daughter, Chelsea Clinton's uh, team up with Apple. They are going to make a docuseries called Gutsy Women, Mm. where they travel around and they try to figure out what does it mean to be a gutsy woman? There are going to be other people that they meet with and um interview <laughs> there there's gonna be other things that they talk about on there like the oprah conversation and the emmy nominated home and deer mm-hmm. okay so this is going to be on apple tv plus and this seems like a really cool show where they're going to just interview like i guess strong women in the different industries it seems like and just talk about yeah. variety of problems and stuff like that you know yeah, just like experiences and whatnot. Mm-hmm. How they got there um, and stuff. What it, yeah, what it looks like to me is that it's kind of going to be like the Selena Gomez cooking show where they're interacting with the other person through webcam mm-hmm. or video cam. It's just they're not cooking. They're sitting down and yeah, talking. Yeah, exactly. They're not cooking. <laughs> it's a docuseries. <laughs> yeah. But like they're not... I guess in person, because I said that they would be traveling around, but I'm not really sure how that's going to play out because of plague times. 
So I mean, I, unless this was before Plague Times. Yeah. Because I mean, maybe some of it is traveling, them traveling around, and then some of it is just interviews online. This might be mm-hmm. could be something like that. Um, but this is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's interesting having uh Hillary Clinton have a docu series. Um, well, Hillary and Clinton I believe- did that other docu series about what her life or something like that on Apple TV Plus. I know. I believe. Oh, did she? I believe so. I forgot what it was. What did that happen like last year? I think was it last year? It was either last year or this year. Or at the beginning of this year. And maybe that's why I don't remember. <laughs> so yeah, she had a um a show come out in the beginning of this year called Hillary. It was a docu-series about her run as trying to be president, basically. That's what it was. Oh, okay. Yep. It's on Hulu. So yeah, she has another show for Apple TV Plus now with her daughter doing interviews Chelsea Clinton. yeah um and it seems like yeah that's is- interesting i i think they're even going to talk about um where would she be where would her career be if she didn't marry her husband Mm-hmm. okay cool cool it seems good so i i feel like i have a good feeling about this i feel like they are gonna get deep maybe mm-hmm yeah, I mean, you hope so on these type of interview type shows, you know. Yeah. And this seems like this might be a trend for like Hillary Clinton. Like this is where her career is going to lead her into doing like more of these documentary type things. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It seems like where she she's wanting to go. So um, I'm all for it. Seems good. I do want to try to watch that uh one on Hulu about her run to try to be president and see how that all is. Yeah. And then I'll probably get around to watching a few episodes of this, maybe. But um, I don't have any final words on this. Uh, anything else from you? Uh, Not really, no. That's about it. All right. Well, and we're here to talk about the big news that came out that HBO Max is releasing all their movies that come to theaters on HBO Max the same day at the same time. Now, I think that is incredibly big news. What do you think? That's going to release in uh, 2021? Yep. It's going to release in all the movies in 2021 are coming to HBO Max. I think that is really big. Like, oh, yeah, really, really big. Huge. Huge. Um, I'm really excited for that. It'll be very convenient um, since we're still in plague times right now. But I can't help but wonder what this is going to do to um, the theater industry. Yeah, so this is like the biggest move against the theater industry as of right now in terms of big studio move. Because as we know that Universal um, tried to do something like this and AMC and all the other movie chains got upset, right? Yeah. So Universal came to a deal with uh, AMC and the movie theaters that they can release their movies on Peacock 14 days after they've released it in uh, theaters. So that was the closest we've ever come to a movie dropping on a pla- on a streaming platform from being in the movie theaters. So this right now is literally could possibly kill the movie industry if other major um, studios go along with it. Yeah. I wonder how they got these deals. Well, they said that um, in some of the articles I read that this whole release in 2021 thing was a surprise. Mm. Like. 
HBO Max, Warner Brothers owns HBO Max. Warner Brothers released this news and it was a surprise to all their partners and what like that and stuff like that. Um, so it seems like they probably only told their like shareholders and it was like only internal talks um, at the studio about this. And they didn't really tell anybody else because I'm pretty sure some some people would have had problems if word got out that they were trying to do this. Yeah, for sure. And another thing is that according to uh, things I've read about the release of, of HBO Max getting the movies the same day as the theaters, this they said this is only for pandemic times. So they're saying that this is only applying to movies within 2021 uh, and Wonder Woman that's coming out in December. Uh, but besides that, all, only the movies in 2021, this is going to apply to that. So 2022, it's not... They're saying that they're going to go back to the old way of doing things, possibly, because they said this is a pandemic like type uh, emergency yeah, so thing that they're doing early limited time only kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So I yeah, wonder if that's going to make HBO Max um, the, the sales or like people subscribing to it go just skyrocket. True. Now, the only thing is, I believe HBO Max is only available in America as of right now. So the other territories will not have this type of access on their internet service yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might push people to, you know, stream it from illegal places, you know, or yeah. I'm pretty sure they're still going to release it in movie theaters. So, or, so they'll still get some money from movie theaters overseas, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can talk about some of the movies that are coming in 2021. And what we have is... We're going to cover some of the big movies. So we have like Tom and Jerry uh, that's coming out in 2021. We have uh, Godzilla versus Kong, uh, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, um, In the Heights, Space Jam, A New Legacy, The Suicide Squad, Dune, um, Matrix 4. Those are just some of the big movies. Um, they even got Mortal Kombat and they have a lot of other things uh that i haven't really looked at or uh heard of but are probably might be hopefully good movies like uh uh, judas and the black messiahs um king richard it seems like this is gonna have will smith in it maybe um they also have the many saints of newark those who wish me dead yeah those who wish me dead the little things malignant yep malignant so my question to you is, um, because our, uh, you're a fan of some of these movies that are on the list, am I correct? Yes, I am. So what what movie on this list do you think you're most excited to see? One of them. I honestly want to uh, see Tom and Jerry. I know it's like the trailer's already out. It's going to be live action, sort of that like crossover live action with uh, animation, 3D animation. Uh, like with uh, Looney Tunes back in action. I actually enjoyed Space Looney Jam. Tunes back in action. Space Jam oh. as well. Oh yeah, and Space Jam, yeah. The trailer looks good. It looks like it's gonna be a hoot. Um, I think kids today are really gonna like it. The trailer looked very good to me. Um, if y'all haven't watched the trailer yet, I do recommend going to watch the trailer. I think it's quite Tom and Jerry. It doesn't look that bad to me, to be honest. I thought it was gonna be a lot worse than... Uh, what it actually came out to be in the trailer now that could just be a good trailer and it still could be a terrible movie but who knows until let's the movie comes out not yeah let's hope not beloved childhood characters just beating each other down mm-hmm. but i asked this question because do you see yourself watching this in the movie theaters 
or would you opt for just watching it at home on the TV since it's going to be at the same time as dropping at the movie theater? Honestly, I would just watch it at home unless... No, I would just watch it at home. Like, even, like, having kids, I I don't think that I would take them to the theater when you could just do it at home. I'd say the only... The one that I would, like... The movie that I'm one of the most excited for on this list is Godzilla. And uh, The Conjuring is a close second. The Matrix is also the... Uh, there's so many good movies that are coming out in 2021. that would have been my second one. That... Oh, I, I love The Conjuring. The Conjuring is one of my favorite scary movies. The, like the whole universe. Yeah, so the Conjuring, uh, there's so many good movies that are coming out in 2021. It's hard to pick, but I would go, I'm going with the example of Godzilla versus Kong. Now, Godzilla versus Kong is like a big monster battle type thing that we've been leading up to uh, ever since, what, like 2014 or something like that. And I'm thinking that I just want to watch Godzilla versus Kong in the movie theaters. Because the movie theaters is a much bigger screen to the uh, instead of the uh, TV I have at home, and they have the whole surround sound system, and it's just a big spectacle, basically. It, you know, it's the experience. Like yeah. you're uh, really excited for this movie. You're ready to go see it. it. It'll be the same thing for like me and The Conjuring, and you don't really want to be at home for it. You want to have the whole experience that that movie can give you. Mm-hmm. You want to try to have that like communal experience with other people that came to see this movie for the first time, you know, like horror for the conjuring in any way. Yeah, like seeing people jump in their seats and popcorn flying and screams. Yep. Because mm-hmm. you can't get that at home. <laughs> you can, I mean, you can get it at home with like maybe some of your friends or whatever, but it's different when you have a whole movie theater and people are just like, oh my God, and stuff like that, you if know? You turn the sound up really loud and like your animals get scared. <laughs> yeah, especially if you have animals. You can't have the same, you know, uh, noise level as you do in a theater. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you live like in an apartment or you're just walking yeah. it in like a separate part of the house. Yeah, it's a it's a completely different experience. So I think um, that this is good and bad for it's good for like streaming services, but it could be bad for movie theaters. But um, I seen this art- other article that asked some questions that I never really thought of and I wanted to uh, discuss it with you. Um, and this all pertains to the HBO Max thing for 2021. Uh, the first question that this article asked is, uh, will other studios follow in Warner Brothers footsteps? Now, that is a very good question, because if other studios do, I think that is the death of movie theaters. Pretty yeah. much. What do you think? I definitely agree with that. I, I think that other um, companies are going to follow. Mm hmm. Now, we've already seen that other companies have tried to do something like this with the whole Universal thing, and they've signed the deal for the 14-day uh, contract for their stuff to be dropped on Peacock. And then even Disney Plus has even brought out stuff on Disney Plus like Mulan, but it had an extra $30 attached to it. Yeah, so. no, the, the prices are crazy. So uh, how, like, I, I believe it, yeah, it was Disney Plus... Because there was like some other movies that came out earlier this year and, you know, when the pandemic hit and nobody wanted to go out to the theater because mm. the theaters were closed and you had to pay extra money than you would have paid going to the theater to see the movie. For some of us anyway, it really just depends on like how many people would have wanted to watch it. And I think they were charging like for the average four person family. Yeah, so they were charging. So the big one that came out that like really set the 
the whole thing on fire was Trolls World Tour. That, and Trolls World yeah. Tour, um, you can get it on any platform. You can get it on Amazon or any platform that you can rent stuff from. So that's the whole thing. And they were charging, I forgot how much they were charging, but it was some it was something relatively reasonable if you had like four people go to the movie theater type thing, I think. Yeah. I but if only like one person really wanted to see it. Yeah. So you could either rent it and I think you can own it. Didn't Scoob come out this year? Yeah, Scoob also came out and they uh yeah, charged they were charging for Scoob. Yeah, so they charged for Scoob, they charged for Trolls War Tour. Um, but the thing is that you can get that on multiple platforms. It wasn't strictly on Universal's platform at all. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on anything that you can rent movies from. Now, the thing with Disney Plus is that Mulan was only on Disney Plus and it was an extra $30 on top of your subscription. Yeah, no, that's crazy. I think that was a bad deal. Um, I think Disney Plus needs to go back to the drawing board with that because Mulan was not a success compared to like Trolls. Trolls was like a, a hit with streaming. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, Trolls set the whole thing on fire and made Universal and AMC and everybody uh, renegotiate a deal. Now people are talking about that um, because, like I said, Disney Plus tried to do something. Now Paramount Plus is going to come out and they're saying that our Paramount Plus going to try to do something is uh, possibly Apple TV Plus um, going to try to do something as well. Even though we already have Apple TV Plus buying up movies and putting them exclusively on Apple TV Plus, you know. They're not really oh, coming man. out in the theaters. So that's a whole thing. Um, and this could look bad if other um, studios follow suit. And because HBO Max is dropping all these movies with no extra charge to the customers. Mm-hmm. Your subscription gets you all these movies day and date. Yeah, that's definitely going to um, put theaters in trouble. But I, I'm also thinking about it from like the point of view of the person having to buy all these subscriptions. Oh, yeah. The HBO Max deal is really good consumer deal. Oh, to be yeah. Honest. No, I love HBO Max. That That's really good. But just all of these different um, streaming services, su- subscribing to them, it's getting pricey, especially yeah. mm-hmm. if they're coming out with just like Paramount, just Paramount Studios like streaming service, and they're putting all of their movies on there. Um, yep. Are they going? Well, I don't know if you know. But are they, do you think that they're going to pull their movies from other subscription services and put them on there? Oh, definitely. That's what everybody's doing. That's why all the stuff is lo- leaving Netflix. Like once Netflix. the contracts end, it's just yeah, not because, anymore. Yeah, that's why Netflix right now is focusing on original content because all these studios are pulling their content away from Netflix so they can put it on their own thing, you know? So it's, it's a whole big thing with all these streaming. It's the streaming wars. We are in the streaming wars right now. Yeah. Oh, man. And it, it's not it, looking good know. for theaters. It's just not looking good for the pocket. No. Uh, well, this deal looks much better for the pocket, pocket instead of the Disney Plus deal of 30 extra dollars for the movie. Oh, you yeah. Know? No, I totally agree. Disney was on some other stuff with that. I mean, they tried to get the money back, you know, that they lost, even though I don't even agree that the, they should have. The movie wasn't even that good. I don't think Disney Plus should have gauged this um, how successful releasing a movie on Disney Plus could be from Mulan that was objectively probably not a good movie anyway, instead of trying it with Black Widow, because I know tons of people who are ready to watch Black Widow yeah. and are willing to pay the $30 to watch Black Widow, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally so, understand. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the, uh, the next question that this article asks is, 
is a less crowded marketplace a great incentive for others to stay in the theatrical game? So um, basically, they're saying that um, there's going to be less if if more studios do something like this, they're going to be less people in the theaters, right? Uh huh. So would it be it, it would be a good place for to release like older movies back into the theaters, you know, to to uh, get some more money. Um, and it's also good for like I guess also smaller movie uh studios to release movies in movie theaters as well. Yeah, you know? like indie films. Or um, how Cinemark uh, every couple years uh, releases Studio Ghibli films in theater. Mm-hmm. Oh well, the Studio Ghibli films will also be coming to HBO All Max. The Studio though, Ghibli films well. are on HBO Max already. Yeah. Yep. So you know that's that's not helping. But um, I think that since the marketplace could be less crowded it could try to get different type of studios and different type of people more interested in trying to support these theater chains with you know different movies and different ideas you know yep all right um let's go to the next question and this one is will there be a pushback from filmmakers so we already know that some filmmakers like uh christopher nolan and martin scorsese they don't really care about the bottom line for studios all they care about is making an experience that is great for the audience to watch in a movie theater. And that's why Christopher Nolan pushed so hard for his movie Tenet to be in movie theaters, uh, even during the pandemic, because he said this is how it should be watched, pretty much, you know? Yes. And I mean, like, I understand that from a creative, artistic point of view. I understand that, like, you want for your work to be observed the way that you want it to be observed. You want for mm-hmm. them to fully embrace it instead of just getting a watered down, you know, like version of it. Yeah, because maybe, you know, they made it for the movie theaters and then people are going to watch it at home. It's like, oh, you know, the movie was OK. Um, it would have been better with uh, certain sound cues or something like that. And the director is going to be like, if you were in the theaters, you would have got all those things, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I totally understand that. But this these are special times. These are play yeah. times. And so even though I, I understand their their side of things, I'm still just like they like their sales didn't do that good, did they? No, because Tenet only released in movie theaters and it didn't do as good as um, the studio wanted it to do. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but the only thing is that if these big name like directors don't sign on to movies, will there be enough big movies to prop up the studios? You know, it might be one of those things where the big directors, you know, band together and like boycott this whole streaming uh, service type thing. Um, And they make a deal where their movie can only be released in theaters, like the universal deal uh, for like 14 days. And then they can drop it on HBO max. So that could be a thing that happens. I personally don't really mind if they release it in theaters for 14 days and then release it on the streaming services. I don't yeah, know. I think that's fine. I, I am not a person where it's like, I have to be the first to watch it. Oh, well, like, some movies, some movies I would say I would like to be like one of the first people to watch it. Like this Godzilla versus Kong uh, movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, It's just a different experience being in there with a crowd of people that all love the same thing and are reacting to the movie for the first time. Instead of, you know, you go three weeks in and there's like, 
you know, 10 people in there that don't really care about it. And they're just watching it because they heard it was good, you know, type thing. Yeah. It's, it's a different experience when you go first time going to see it. Oh yeah. Or is it their fourth time going to see it and they've seen like every freaking thing in the movie already. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, there could be some blowback from directors about this whole streaming, um, uh, day and date deal that HBO max got going on, especially if other, uh, movie studios, go on to the same thing that uh, HBO Max is doing for 2021, there could be some pushback. Um, there there might be news about it because directors have been vocal that they want, well, some of the directors have been vocal that they want their movies in movie theaters and not on streaming services uh, the same day. You know, so we could yeah. see something later on in the year about that or earlier in 2021, I guess. <laughs> you know, But like, I like what HBO Max is doing where they're... <laughs> releasing it on their streaming service and then Mm -hmm. after um a certain point they're going to release it in theaters oh you mean um universal yeah yeah yeah, universal Mm -hmm. um and i i really like that because like i said the movie theaters a chance you're yeah you you have to sort of gauge what's going on yep instead of just being like no uh, i'm gonna go against that and everything's normal. No, nothing's normal. <laughs> um, but we're going to go on to the next question. And the question is that they asked is, could sneak previews make a big comeback? So sneak previews back in the day um, uh, for certain movies were that you could, um, before the movie officially dropped in theaters, you people could come to the theater for one night before the movie comes out and watch the movie in like a you know one of those one-time screenings so say it's like a month before the movie comes out and then the movie uh, theater releases an ad that come watch uh matrix four um for one night only before the movie comes out and you know you get like you get the major fans in there and then like uh uh, you get major reviews yeah so yeah it's like a no no no. premieres no well it's uh sneak premieres basically because it's, the movie has not officially come out and these are not like viewings for uh, reviewers of the movies that, you know, type up uh, articles on the movies. These are just normal people that are going in. So theaters can uh, for one, uh, a month before or something be like, hey, everybody come out. This is the one night you can see it before you see it on the release date. And they just get a bunch of people out there to watch it and, you know, gush about it if it's good or hate it if it's bad. But yeah. the people who are going to go for first time anywhere are going to be major fans. So most likely they're going to gush about it. And I think this could make a comeback, uh, to be I honest. I think so, too. Especially if all the movies are going to drop day and date on HBO Max. It'll be very, uh, I think and it'll I be a good thing for movie theaters. For the theaters. So they at least get some revenue. Yeah, because you can't watch it on HBO Max yet, and you can't watch it in theaters officially yet. So that one night only, get your family or your friends together, and y'all basically head out to watch this movie earlier than anybody else in the world, pretty much. You know. Yeah. I think but, this this would know, be a very good idea. Time, I'm still thinking from like the safety aspect of this. Oh yeah, well of course, uh, well. But you know that's just that at their own risk. Yeah, at their own wakes, the vaccine is on the way. I'm pretty sure they're still going to be held to uh, 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 the 50% of people that can only be in the theaters or whatever standards they have now, you know. 
social distancing and everything. Yeah. Continuing wearing masks. Because I'm pretty sure they're just going to turn people away at the door if they get too many, you know? Yeah. But the final question they ask is, could Warner Brothers reverse course? So the whole thing is uh, about uh, this question and I've seen everywhere else. So Warner Brothers has said that this is only for 2021, right? But can you ever put the cat back in the bag once you release it type thing? You know, will it ever go back to normal, especially if this is seen as a big success? Can will Warner Brothers really stop doing this in 2022? Or is it just like a slippery slope kind of thing? Yes, it's a slippery slope kind of thing. Yeah. If this is a big success and Warner Brothers see, oh, my gosh, we're getting so many people on HBO Max. We're making so much more revenue on HBO Max instead of having to pay movie theaters or whatever. We're just going to do this for now on. It makes no sense for us to go back to movie theaters or to make a deal with movie theaters to have them have it for a few weeks or days or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And especially if other uh, studios uh, do this. It's pretty much a like you said a slippery slope and a down it's just a downhill spiral for movie theaters if this happens and we can't reverse course because say that warner brothers does reverse course in 2022 and then all of a sudden warner brothers is like oh my gosh we're just not making the same amount of money that we did releasing on hbo max now this is a hypothetical but it could happen and then hbo max i mean well warner brothers is gonna be like yeah uh screw that we're just going to you know release it on HBO Max from now on. Day and date. And movie theaters can't really say anything about it. You know? Yeah. Um, what do you think about that? I don't know. I think we'll just have to come to that road when we come to it. So That's basically crazy. at the end of 2021, we'll see what happens. Yeah, what the, the companies are saying then. Yeah, because the whole thing is um, also is that H- Warner Brothers is hedging their bets. So we, we all know that there's a vaccine being worked on and well, multiple vaccines being worked on and are about to be, I guess, released or administered to some part of the population in America anyway. Um, but there's, they're hedging their bets and saying that movie theaters will not be back up and running uh, to full capacity or even uh, somewhere near full capacity in 2021, that they're basically still going to be, you know, 25% capacity or shut down completely or 50% or whatever, you know? So we're not going to make that money. So let's just release it on HBO max the same day and date. So people don't have to go to the theaters. So they're, they're, they're uh, playing a little gamble here saying that movie theaters won't be as profitable as they once was basically. Yeah. And I can see that. I understand where that decision comes from, to be honest. Yeah. I understand that too. But is there like any movie on that list that you would think you would rather go to the movie theater to see it instead of watching it at home? Definitely The Conjuring and Godzilla. The Kong versus Godzilla. So you would prefer to see Godzilla versus Kong and Conjuring in a the movie theater? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, me too. Because uh, Dune... so epic. Yeah, those movies are so epic and they're, uh, uh, they're basically a, a spectacle. And watching that whole spectacle for the first time on your... I have like a 55-inch TV or whatever or even a smaller TV than that. It's just not the same as that big or your laptop. Yeah, it's just not the same as sitting in a seat and watching that big screen with uh, especially if you go to IMAX. Now, if you go to IMAX, it's a whole different experience than watching it on your TV. I think it's much clearer. um, The surround sound is just grander, you know? Yeah. 
because uh, the ones that I really want to watch in the movie theaters and I don't know if I want to watch at home um, is Matrix 4, Dune, Godzilla vs. Kong, The Suicide Squad, The Conjuring. Yeah, I'll say The Conjuring. I want to watch movie theater and I'll say Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I'll say Mortal Kombat in the theater as well. I would prefer to watch them in the movie theater. Oh, you, well, we don't know what this new Mortal Kombat is going to be good or bad or how cheesy it's going to be. So it might it could be one of those things where, you know, it deserves a at home watching, you know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Did you have any final thoughts about this major announcement of HBO Max movies dropping in 2021 the same day as theaters? I'm just so stoked to see what's going to happen. <laughs> Yes, uh, whatever happens, good or bad, is going to be very interesting to see how the movie theater industry tries to basically draw people in now to movie theaters after this announcement and to see what other movie th- movie studios are going to do about HBO Max doing this. Are the directors going to go up in arms, you know, saying, no, we're not going to work on any more movies for y'all unless we get movies in theaters? Or are they going to be like, just sit back and be like, oh, well, it's going to happen if it's going to happen, you know? Or it's just HBO Max just made this whole, you know, little chaos, basically. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be very interesting to see how the whole uh, fear sphere of the whole movie industry reacts. Yep. They shook the beehive. HBO Max literally shook the beehive. This is this is very like boss moves right here. This is this is bolder than uh, uh, Disney Plus moves, bolder than Universal moves. This is a bold move. This this is how you know, like, hey, we we got we were the pants in the uh in the relationship type move, you know. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens because this could be bad for movie theaters, or it could turn around and be a good thing for movie theaters somehow. We'll, we'll see. Somehow, like against the odds. <laughs> yeah, what are the the odds are very slim that this could turn around to be a good thing, but I mean, maybe somebody has some type of like. Uh, invention or something to add to movie theaters to make people come into movie theaters so say like some new technology for uh eyewear that you can put on even though we tried that but you see the movie or you feel the or like 4d experience you know people have they've been trying to work on the 4d experience for movie theaters maybe that becomes popular and the reason you want to go to a movie theater you know because you can feel and smell the movie as it's going on because you can't get that at home Unless you're going to spend like thousands of dollars to get that, you know? Yeah. Something is going to happen or, I mean, I guess it could just stay the same, but I don't think that is going to happen at all. Uh, well, those are my final thoughts. Any Anything else from you? No, that was pretty much it. And we just have some brief Peacock news that I found out that um, 12 James Bond films will be streaming on Peacock this holiday season. And those 12 James Bond films will be... From Russia with Love, 1963, Goldfinger, 1964, You Only Live Twice, 1967, Diamonds Are Forever, 1971, The Man with the Golden Gun, 1974, uh, Octopus, 1983, License to Kill, 1989, Goldeneye, 1995, Tomorrow Never Dies, 1997, the World is Not Enough, 1999, Casino Royale, 2006, uh, Quantum of Solace, 2008. 
And that's quite a selection of James Bond films to choose from if you're a James Bond uh, fan, you know. Um, and I've only really watched like more of the recent James Bonds. I think they're fantastic. I've been meaning to do like a James Bond movie marathon. Oh, but I just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, but I think this is a great idea. Mm-hmm. It's like if I get Peacock. Yeah. Um, P- I think Peacock does have a free version that maybe these James Bond films will be available for you to watch as well. But uh, that one has ads. Pe- that free version has ads on it. I don't mind ads too much. Yep. I've always been meaning to just sit down and watch all the James Bond films like back to back or like try to get through all of them so I can figure out like this whole discussion of like who's your favorite James Bond and whatnot, you know? Yeah, sort of like the who's your favorite Batman. Yeah, that type of discussion. Um. And I want to be part of the conversation one day. One day I will be. <laughs> I feel like not not many people even talk about James James Bond movies. Uh, I mean, I love spy movies. I think they're so interesting. Yeah, we're probably just not in that community so though. The whole um, detective trying to solve the crime. Yeah, but we're probably just not in that community where they talk about James Bond films a lot because they make James Bond films like all the time and they have tons of them. So I'm pretty sure there is a large audience who loves James Bond that we just don't, you know, listen to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a good selection. I like it. Wide variety of James Bond films to choose from that I might be dipping my toe into and watching some of them. Uh, what about you? One of these days. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, any final words on these uh, James Bond movies that are hitting this holiday season? Uh, nothing really. Just excited to see them. All right. Well, that concludes our Peacock news. And we're here to talk about the new streaming service that's going to come out in January, Discovery Plus. Now, this only recently caught my attention uh, and found out about it. I didn't even know this was a thing. But uh, yeah, Discovery Plus is going to launch in January uh, at the starting price of $4.99 per month. Um, There is a deal that is going to go on that Verizon customers um, get a year free for Discovery Plus. And I think that's great for Verizon people. Um, But the $4.99 a month is a ad supported tier. So you will have ads along with your shows and that 499 competes against like Peacock's premium tier with ads um for 499 and then they also have another tier for Disney Plus that's going to be 699 um for uh, Discovery Plus and it's going to be uh on par with Disney Plus costs um and that's with no ads um and you compare that against like HBO Max then uh, like um that's like 14.99 a month and like Netflix is a uh, around with like fourteen ninety nine too, something like that, I believe. They're yeah, they're slowly they raise their prices, so I think they're up there. Yeah, they're slowly raising their prices. Um, but Discovery Plus is pretty cool because I didn't know that it's going to incorporate HGTV, Food Network, TLC, uh, uh, Discovery ID, uh, Oprah Winfrey Network, um, and Discovery and Animal Planet. I'm like, wow, that is a great selection. I used to watch all those, and I still watch some of those till today. <laughs> yeah, I love me some HGTV and ID. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, like I I am a Sims player, Simmer. So I love looking at inspiration for my next build. Mm -hmm. So do these networks really compel you to maybe spend the $4.99 a month and with ads on it? Or do you think, oh, no, I might as well just get the $6.99 with no ads? I mean, it's basically the same as just television. But, you know, I, I am intrigued. Mm -hmm. so $4.99 a month? To get some of my favorite channels. Yeah, mm -hmm, definitely. Because I, I like all that nature stuff. So that's very enticing. I didn't know they were going to have like Animal Planet in there along with Discovery. I'm like, wow, that's great. Indeed. But um, which tier would you rather prefer, do you think? The the ad-supported one or the non-ad support, the ad-free one? So what's the price difference between the ad-free one and... The ad supported one is four ninety nine, and the ad free one is six ninety nine. That's not too big of a difference in price. True, but I mean, if you already are subscribed to like other streaming services and you pay for those every month, then I think I would go for the four ninety nine just to make it as cheap as possible. Yeah, if you don't mind ads, basically. Yeah, and I don't mind ads. Yeah too much okay cool because the 6.99 is basically the same price you pay for disney plus so pretty cheap and i think the selection of networks that they have in there and they could add more networks later on if they wanted to is a great selection i think this is a good price for 4.99 for all that that you get um because i enjoy the food network i enjoy hgtv i enjoy animal planet i enjoy discovery um i only enjoy some things on TLC and the ID network I don't really watch and the Oprah Winfrey network I don't really watch. Oh yeah, I really like TLC too. Say yes to the dress. I'm not sure if they're making new episodes, but I like to watch the reruns anyway. Mm -hmm. So I do think this is a good price for this uh for this new streaming service that's coming to the wars. Uh, we'll see how they hold up, and it's going to be interesting to see um if they're going to release like any original content or anything just for Disney Plus. I wonder what that would even be, to be honest. Yeah. Because they have a variety of networks to try to, you know, put something together. They have like home, they have food, they have uh, outdoor nature stuff that they could try to just make a new show for Dis uh, Discovery Plus. Um, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to mess up Discovery Plus for Disney Plus. They both start with a D and they both have a plus symbol. So hope people don't get confused yeah. with that. Yeah, any final words on Discovery Plus launching in January, on January 4th of 2021? I'm excited. This makes me even more excited than Disney Plus. <laughs> but Disney Plus has a, a National Geographics and, and Pixar movies. More exciting and... than that? <laughs> well, I, I really just watched The Mandalorian, though. Yeah, at this point, it's just Mandalorian, basically. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um. But yeah, I think like for like casual sh shows that you like put on in the background um, and you do something else while the show is running, Discovery Plus has those type of shows like uh, HGTV and like Food Network. They're like playing the background and like, oh, my God, that food looks amazing. Or like, ooh, what are they doing to that house? Or what is he doing in nature or some like drama show or uh, the Oprah Winfrey Network that people rave about? Um, I think this is good. I like this. Uh, I'm I'm rooting for Discovery Plus because I think this is a, a good offer uh, to consumers. 
in terms of content and price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, we'll follow Discovery Plus and we'll let y'all know how it does down the line. Um, but that is all for me. Anything from you, Marcy? Uh, no, that's it. All right. Well, thank you, Marcy, for coming out and doing this article with me. You're welcome. And thank all of you for watching Swimming in the Stream and catch y'all in the next one. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Swimming in the Stream. And if you want to get into contact with us or leave us feedback, you can reach us on Twitter at SitsPodcast and Gmail at SwimmingInTheStream at gmail.com. You can now find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Please like, share, and subscribe. If you can leave us a review, please do. It would help us out. You can now support us on Patreon at SitsPodcast.